Hey folks, welcome to the first part of our little mini-series retrospective on Blink-182's masterpiece, The Untitled Album, or the self-titled for some people, but uh, maybe the peak of Blink-182. But uh, on this episode, we talk uh, a lot about the lead-up to the album, some context of where Blink was at, our first experiences with it, the Cheetah videos, everything but the actual songs. Uh, There's a lot of ground to cover with this one. But uh, stay tuned for more episodes in the coming weeks. Um, It's probably going to be like three or four. We'll see. We we recorded like hours. But anyway... um, one thing I wanted to throw out there, uh, we still have yet to record our kind of wrap-up episode, but we wanted to throw out an invitation to you, the listener, to send us your thoughts and feelings on the album. You know, um, any memories you might have, just like anything like a, regarding like what, is, what does the album mean to you. But uh, send us an email or a voice memo, you know, and whatever you want. Uh, you can email us at 182podcast at gmail.com. Or follow us on all the social media at 182podcast, and uh, we'll read it or listen to it on the show. Um, we really look forward to hearing from you, and um, it's just like a cool way to celebrate the album, I think. All right, I think that's all that business out of the way. As always, take your pants off, but people keep your mask on. Get ready for action. <laughs> Welcome to Take Off Your Pants and Podcast. I'm Mike. I'm Ryan. And I think the best way to start off today is to, to point out to all the listeners that you're drinking a wine right now, Ryan. And when Classy. I think of wine, I think class. Uh, you know, when, when you sit and you drink wine, you got to listen to something that shows you mean business. Mm-hmm. And that's what we did today, folks. That's what we're here to talk about. This is a wine drinking episode because we're talking the most sophisticated, the most nuanced, with the most delicate bouquet of musical flavors. The I'm, I'm stopping right now because I'm going to get it wrong. I, we just talked about what it's called. The untitled, not self-titled album uh, uh, by the untitled band. Untitled album. Lowercase blink dash 182. Yep. That is it's true. It. Yeah, the, we're it was, finally uh, doing it. We kind of talked uh, on our last little quarantine catch up. We mentioned that um, a listener um, kind of reached out and was just like, "Have you guys done an episode on this yet?" And we're like, "Oh no!" <laughs> so uh, yeah, this is like the official. Um, let me make sure I got his name exactly. Um, Josh from Australia. Thank you again for the letter. And yeah, this has always been our white whale. We, I think we've always. Like, of course we wanted to do this episode, but it was one of those like, well, if we do it, we got to do it right. I think <laughs> I, I said in our, I can't remember if this was in our doomed recording or our actual recording, mm-hmm. but I, I, I was like, yeah, we tossed off the, hey, let's do the, we don't need to whisper EP because we didn't, you know. We, it was new. We don't have to spend, yeah, we could just like do it. But this is like a thing. Like there's a lot to talk about. Yeah, here. it's not, it's not really like a you know, um, an anniversary of note, really. It's we're a couple years from the 20th anniversary for it. Yeah, but, that's another thing, too. There wasn't, like, a pressing reason to cover it or, like, timeline other than just it's cool. Yeah, this is just this season of uh, Take Off Your Pants and Podcast, the untitled 
you know, season. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is the untitled. Se- Welcome to the untitled season or self-titled. <laughs> um, not not clear. Yeah. Um, I <laughs> so this is going to be, as you can probably tell by the title of this episode, um, this isn't going to be the whole thing. We're going to have a, a, a few uh, entries. Yeah, we're going to try to. Yeah, we're going to try to stretch this baby out as long as possible. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's only so many it. Blink albums out there, and we gotta stretch it out for content. No, we—I mean, this is something that to do it right, we have, we can't, we cannot fit this information into one episode. It, ca- it can't, it can't happen. <laughs> so yeah, it'll be like a nice little journey, you know, kind of thing. So, well, I think the best way to start off on this journey is to first—we're we're, going to be rewinding a bit here, but I think. Yeah. I think the the best place to start, um, and I don't want to spend too much time on this because we'll get into it more, but what was your first experience with this album? Oh, man. Um, I remember I probably have told the story, and so sorry. It, it, we've been doing this like on and off for so many years that if I'm repeating myself, then I'm sorry, but... Um, <laughs> I remember, like, twenty sixteen, July eighth. <laughs> you said the same story. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so it's kind of like weird, but I might as well just tell it. I, I can't necessarily remember the first time I heard feeling this, but I remember having a download that like repeated itself. Or that was no, that was Man Overboard. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I just I remember because two thousand three was um would have been my junior year of high school so it's almost as if like this like i don't know like it's it's like the perfect exact time. holy shit i just realized something did did take off your pants and jacket come out when you were in high school it came out and i was in junior high but that was okay but that that's like arizona you were in ninth grade right let me think 2000 no it would have been like uh seventh or eighth i think like eighth grade i think when it came out. Okay. I think it came okay. out the summer Never mind. of uh, 2001. So I was in, uh, when the Y2K happened 2000, I was seventh grade. <laughs> seventh grade. Okay. And so it would have been like eighth grade or something. So it's almost like okay. this like perfect uh, weird timeline for at least me, you know, kind of thing. Cause it's yeah, like yeah. perfect album for like that age. I feel like when I'm um, ha- absolutely like they've had uh, the earlier Blink albums being perfect middle school albums, as, mm-hmm. which is why I brought up the high school thing. I, I was in middle school at that time, too, and I've always thought that's that's the age for, like, Enema of the State, Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. But yeah, for a whole that's, generation. That's like high school. Yeah. Junior and high school might be the perfect age. Like, you're, <laughs> uh, you're still a kid, for sure, mm-hmm. but you're also uh, towards the end of that. Right, yeah. and you probably are really struggling with being taken. You, I'm, I just mean, as the generic <laughs> junior high school, is probably really trying to be taken seriously. God damn it! There's a real person with serious thoughts and things, and they're gonna go out and and be taken seriously in the world, just like Blink One Eight Two was with this album. Yeah, it's a good, it's like a it's like a good gateway drug of angst of like turning turn you know broadening horizons for what kind of music you like to listen to. Yeah, you know, it's almost just like a perfect little like a sprout. It's like opening Pandora's box. Yeah, yeah. You just don't. Yeah, you could go off in so many directions after hearing this. <laughs> yeah, and I remember exactly. Um, I can't remember exact. I probably had feeling this on like a, one of my mixes, my Ryan Radio, my famous Ryan Radio mixes. <laughs> famous. <laughs> yeah, famous Ryan Radio. I'm Napster sure you mixes. listeners have heard it. Yeah, <laughs> um, it was probably on that. 
and which was probably like ripped from Madden uh, 2000. No, that was next year. 2004. Yeah, Madden, no, 2004. Madden 2004. So they usually they usually came out the year before. Those remember like it's two, like it, cars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it was probably originally ripped from that. Probably shitty guys quality. Um, and then I remember <laughs> getting in. Um, my friend Paul used to drive me home. I didn't drive to school yet at this point. Um, I think I know this, Paul. Paul where are you? You know? Oh, I'm yes! Paul, how did, where are you? How do you, know, yeah. do you remember? We'll, how do you we'll know bleep him? bleep it, maybe. Uh, yeah. He was in drama class. Oh, okay. Uh, and I remember I, he tried to, like, sell me weed once. <laughs> he never did for me. He always thought I was, think I was like this, like, nerd needing to, like... Um, keep innocent or something i don't know or something like that but he was, was just funny like a, yeah because to be to be clear for the listeners i mean i'd say otherwise but i i never did anything like that in in high school i didn't either uh, i don't know why he i had long hair i don't know maybe he. oh like, yeah you looked like it you were look like you was like probably like seeing this guy probably has weed i can buy from him <laughs> yeah maybe he was trying to buy some from me i don't know <laughs> he was, no, he was yeah, asking was, yeah instead of like asking if you have it he was like almost like I have some. Maybe we can trade or something. Right. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we can compare trade merchandise. Kids. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, but uh, I just, it's a kid, kid, guy I knew from elementary school, really. Um, kind of, you know, went to different schools together. And I was thinking about it today, actually, when we were preparing for this. Um, my friend Kyle drove before me, too, because I was a little bit younger. I feel like I. Um, Paul and I, Kyle, these are all yeah. good names for someone who introduced <laughs> but, you to Blink. Well, no, Kyle, no, they didn't introduce me to Blink. I was already listening. Right, to right, right. Blink music or whatever. But no, but that Kyle share. I may have talked about where um, he was someone that drove me to school because he lived behind me, and he was the one always blasting like Disturbed and Corn and stuff like that. And I was yeah, always yeah. like, um, and that's how I know some of all those songs really because he was all about that hated Blink One Eight Two, hated Jimmy World. <laughs> he was always just like, what a bunch of whiny bastards, you know. And he's like now like an engineer that works for the government and shit. Like he's like this like genius. But anyway, like, <laughs> but I kind of feel, on. yeah, thinking about this whole thing of uh, going to Target with Paul after school to buy um, the Untitled album. I remember thinking like, I feel like I and I realized this. I I basically ditched Kyle taking me home from school and he lived behind me to go with Paul and I, and I feel bad about it. It's like a weird like kid thing that like Don't struck my head about it. No, it like struck my head almost like today when I was like listening to the <laughs> album where I was just like, Oh my God, I like started, I started like going home with Paul because he was like quote unquote, like not a nerd or something listening to like, you know, corn yeah. or something. I don't know. I just, it was like a weird, like just I thought I had anyway, that's a side tangent, but <laughs> Yeah, just something related to this Kyle, album. Did Kyle just like end up going to school by himself? You think, or do you think he found like a metalhead fan? I think I still went to school with him, but I didn't go home with him. Kind of. Thing. Oh wow! So That's every what, morning you're just like, yeah, didn't see you come home like yesterday. I guess we'll just <laughs> pretend. Was it? Was he it was just like addressed? it was almost as like my backup. It was just almost like Paul became my uh, wow. ride home. Wow, know, kind of thing. Yeah. And I feel bad. Wow. I was just thinking about that today. I was like, "Damn, what an asshole I am for kind of like this guy picked me up from school all the time, and I like couldn't even, you know, take his his offer home. I had to go with someone else, you know." But did you anyway. ever uh, did you ever drive yourself to school? Eventually, not until senior year. Mm. Yeah. What? How was that? Like, did you have a conversation with Paul or Kyle? Like, hey, thanks, I don't need you anymore. Like, <laughs> I was just always like a late. I'm like late still, but I remember just like. Um, 
like I don't Paul, I think I don't even remember what happened really with Paul at that point, but for Kyle, like he I only he started going to like these um after school or before school things for like working for like Honeywell and stuff. He's like a genius. So Yeah. He he like uh yeah, wasn't um he didn't, you know, need my, you know, slacker influences, you know, type yeah, of thing. Sure. <laughs> but <laughs> Anyway, uh, I remember strict specifically me and Paul going to Target to buy this album and putting it in in his car in his, in his blue blazer. He had he had like an old blue blazer. So, and us being like, just like wow, this is crazy. Like, not it's so hard. Like, just like the beginning. Because I mean, we've already heard feeling this, but like the beginning right, is obvious. Right. Just like blowing our faces off. Like, oh my yeah. god. Yeah. <laughs> fucking hard it's the hardest thing i've ever heard the most metal thing ever <laughs> kyle's gonna love this no. this is so hardcore yeah <laughs> that's like the first time yeah and I, I it was one of those things that album that stayed in my little truck that i ended up driving to school eventually for years never took it out of there and it was definitely oh, an yeah. influential album that um i think Got me into different influences that I like today, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. So, like in new wave elements, and at the, at the time, like real kind of like the the post hardcore sort of screamo punk phase that was going on, like starting to blossom around that time, you know, like the Thrices and the Brand News and the Thursdays and all that stuff, you know. So it was yeah. it was interesting. That's funny you say a few of those bands. Um, one of the uh, interviews I read for this. Uh, Tom said he didn't really like, uh, and this, this was contemporary to when they were doing the self-titled. So, uh, in 2003, Tom said he didn't really like many, um, current punk bands, bands except for, I think all the ones you just mentioned. Yeah, I know. I think I'm, that's probably why I have the tip of my tongue. So you read that same article <laughs> you sent me. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it, I was, uh, I, I was totally on board with him because I, I mean, I liked some 41, of course, and Green Day that like the American Idiot hadn't came out, come out yet. Right. Like American Idiot was just on the cusp. Yeah, this this was this was Green Day. Green Day was still in its uh, between phases. This is probably like 2003 is arguably like the the, the bottom point for Green Day's popularity. Like they yeah. um, had been kind of, you know, just popularity wise after Dookie, it, it had just been kind of like a slow downward decline. With warning, you know, minority got a little bit of hit, and you know, it, it stood the test of time. But yeah. the time it came out, I, I think it was it was seen as like, God, this might be it for Green Day. I mean, after yeah. after warning, they did a greatest hits album, and Which then I a couple years later, played the shit out of that greatest hits album. Oh, sure. it's probably we should do an episode. It's probably the best greatest hits album ever. ever yeah. <laughs> I think even, we, we actually even, did we did talk about this in our Green Day retrospective. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, after that, it was the, uh, B sides albums and that's like kind of usually like the death nail of Foxborough hot tubs and stuff was maybe, well, that was a little after, I guess. I mean, if you look at, well, they did, um, the network by network. So if you're looking at 2003, like it's diminishing returns, your last two albums were compilations and another album of like a fake band, like trying something that's kind of like, I mean, American idiot was a swing though. And it was just, it hit. 
it, mm-hmm. it hit, but if it didn't, that would have been a very different thing. But, but yeah, yeah. sorry, t- t- tangent with Green Day, but it's interesting. I think it helps set the scene of what the musical landscape was 2003, yeah. 2002, and how much Blink was on top. Yeah, and, and I and I and that with that article, we'll have to reference it, but the um, one with Tom talking about like the bands he was in and not really following like the new crop of you it's know, it's a pop punk-tastic. Punk, yeah, a punk-tastic review from 03, right? Um, yeah. And uh, I kind of was with them because, like, I wasn't a fan of, like, Simple Plan or, like, I mean, I remember having the, the first couple good Charlotte albums but never really connecting with it. And then um, and then stuff like Newfound Glory, like, I liked the hits but never really dove into, like, the albums too hard. And it was kind of like a thing where I was just, like, it's it's you know, blink all the way. And I was into the stuff that like <laughs> came out and bit blinks, um, time, you know, like the offspring and, and stuff like that. But it, and, and green day, I mean, that was there before, but you know, like kind of came up around the same time. And, right. But I was not really, it's so funny because people that don't like blink back then would tell me that's too whiny or something. And yeah. I thought that like the next step of like simple plan was too whiny for me. Same. Like, it was that's like, <laughs> that's where I was at too. Like I, I listened to Blink all the time and I never, I didn't listen to simple plan. I didn't probably even less than you. Like I, I didn't, I listened to like two songs by newfound. Glory. I had, I had uh, an album by newfound glory. Oh, I've, I've actually like, yeah, some of that stuff I even like more now. Like, oh yeah, uh, I remember. Uh, yeah, I was really like not into Motion City soundtrack at all, and now going back and listening to especially that early stuff is like really good. I really like it. Yeah, and I, and I, um, I think it just my, it was good it, stuff. But at that cha- yeah. at that point in my time, I was I was like like Tom says in that kind of switching to more of like the the emo and the the um you know the kind of the screamo kind of stuff. That was like the kind of the turning point where like all right, I'm starting to. I'm I'm going yeah. with Tom. He, he's definitely following that haircut style. I'm doing the same. It's gonna. Uh, I'm I, all. Yeah, I mean, I don't Tom. know. I don't know what it was exactly. I mean, maybe it was as simple as it's nine eleven. I I don't know, but there mm. definitely was a transition tra- change in the air. Of, yeah, yeah. So. Of like, it seemed like it was bad to be fun or like bad to be lighthearted in two thousand three or two thousand four. Whereas that was what you were going for, and like the slacker culture, you know, that, that kind of turned into goof off culture with like green day, um, turned into more time, of a dark kind of, kind of, yeah, it was, it was just seen as like lame. I think it, maybe it had been going on for, maybe it's that it had been going on for a while, but maybe it was just like, man, things are like, these are serious times, like not time for that. I, you know, I don't know what it was, but yeah, it was a change. Like no, I for think you're sure. Probably right. I think that, and blink was not the only band I think around that time to be kind of looking around at like, let's what do we have to, what are we here for like what are, what are we doing um and they were doing that before the the self-titled album but yeah um, what about i mean you haven't really talked about your first experience with it but I, yeah mine was just a, i remember with paul in that blazer blasting it, <laughs> and we might have drove to like del taco or something to like kind of like oh, yeah. let's not go quite home yet let's just kind of give it more to listen to and uh and just you know Kind of yeah. drive around the block a few times before actually going home, but it, I remember it was strictly after after school one day, going up in that punk tax, in the um, punk tastic interview that we we referenced earlier. At the end of it, uh, Tom says that um, talking about the album, uh, he says that he hopes when people listen to it, they should put it on, draw the curtains, light some candles, smoke some weed, and listen. Um, <laughs> but I feel like sit in a uh, what was it blazer, a Chevy blazer. 
uh, yeah. in the parking lot of a Del Taco. Um, this is good Just, enough. It's, that's about close. the same. I think that's the same. Yeah. yeah. Probably. <laughs> you have enough hormones going on at that age. You're probably equivalent to being intoxicated <laughs> anyway. Yeah, it was definitely in a parking lot of a Del Taco for sure. Like after... <laughs> We went, we uh, probably ate Del Taco every day for like two probably years. Probably just hotboxing it with farts instead of uh, instead of drugs. Because I wasn't cool enough. Like I, there was a point. I I think I may have talked about this on the show before, but there was a point like probably right after high school, where um, one of our friends got way too high, and I and I remember yelling at a bunch of people, like a bunch of my friends, saying like I can't like wait way too this. high on like weed. Yeah, like he might have. He was like at the point where he was like sweating and conv- like really bad like almost like i think like since i didn't do it that he was having like he's like overdosing you know he's overdosing on weed yeah and so i like me stupidly i remember like yelling at a bunch of my friends i mean they still and they yeah it, like no one got mad at me kind of thing i was like i was just right, scared right. for my friend you know like because i didn't know right, what the hell right. i was doing and i remember and i i had that came to me too like listening to that album kind of brings back a lot of things like that um and that was definitely one of the times where and then Fast forward a couple years later, and I'm I'm right there with them. You know, it was just a, it just I was a late I was a late bloomer. You know, with the whole yeah. scenario, I was a yeah. dorky kid. I didn't have like an older brother. You know, I didn't have like um, I ended no, up. No, I was the same way. Yeah, yeah. I I ended up being like because I had a lot of a lot of the friends I had in the beginning of high school were people I grew up with, like that dude Paul and Kyle, and I didn't really find like my people. Until probably around this time this album came out, I think. I started working at a dollar theater um, and ended up becoming friends with a lot of people that were a year younger than me. And I kind of still am. Like, a lot of my good friends. Yeah, those are some people we're still friends to now. Yeah. That you met. 100%. 100%. Like, a lot of the friends I've met through this time, around exactly this time, I'm still friends with today. And I don't really talk to a lot of the people that I kind of, you know, you grew up with the first part of high school. It kind of took a while to find my people. And... And a lot of them were, um, like, I was kind of younger, I guess, for my age in school because I had kind of a late birthday in a year. So I kind of ended up being friends with a lot of people that were, like, six months younger than me kind of thing or, or a yeah. year or so. But, uh, but yeah, that's, it was, I don't know. That's what that's this so album is. That's so crazy because that's, like, me. what this album is. Like, that, yeah. this album is, like, that kind of, like, shift in identity and, like, changing, like, changing your identity, but not in, like, a bad way. Just, like, you know, what, what can I take with me what can i leave behind kind of thing i my, so my my experience of this album was this was my first um blink 182 album that i was like a fan of the band excited for the new release album, kind of okay. thing. so yeah. that's the way i always think about it is mm-hmm. like i this was like i was already into the band it was not out yet and this was my first like following the release of it being excited for the launch and, and all that so uh, from that perspective like the cheetah videos and stuff were like, not only were they cool, like in retrospect, like so ahead of its time. Yeah. Um, but also like you couldn't have asked for a better time for me personally. Cause that's like, Oh, the first time I get into it, you're going to like document the process and make a whole thing of the launch. Like they, they, it, can you remind me how, like, cause I, I, I did, we just rewatched those today, but can you remind me how they were dropped on the website? I remember the, they I were on blank. Com. It was, yeah, it I can was picture like, the website perfect. Like the black background with like the, yeah. with the colors. And I can't remember. Were they I just like links? Was, like, I can't remember how yeah, it was. I mean, I, I think, I think it was like a, in my mind, I mean, maybe this is like a fake memory I'm inventing, but <laughs> in my mind, it was like a, um, like a blog layout where you're scrolling at older posts, you know, and they had, uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. It was basically almost like, um, 
like a like a tumbler or something like that. You're kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Shit. Yeah, and so so they're dropping this. I was really excited about it. I I honestly like was not a hundred percent on board. I mean, I was like I I. I was really into this it's a, album. Yeah, I, it's, when it's it came a, it's out, a, I listened it, to it nonstop. It, but I was like, we're like, um, the, the, I remember the specific thing that I was kind of annoyed about. And this was like, I was in ninth grade. And this the was the time where or I... Something? Like, yes, exactly. This this is the time where I was like um, getting really into playing music. And that led me down a whole branching path to Blink and stuff. Um, of just everything else. And I remember hearing this album talked about, they were describing it as a concept album and throwing around things like it being Pink Floyd, which is exactly what I was listening to at that time. So I'm like, holy, I was expecting something different because um, in the same way that like when Tom says, I'm going to make like a Fugazi album and then he makes the Boxcar Racer album. It's like, I get it. I get where you're coming from with why this is like Fugazi, but like this doesn't sound anything like Fugazi, Tom. And I feel like this is what like is in his mind, is, you know, it's Tom's version. Right. Like I, I see where, I see where he connects the dots there, but like you put on Fugazi, like tell someone who like likes Fugazi, like, oh, you like this. Well, check out this. They're going to be like, what the fuck is this? This doesn't sound anything like Fugazi. Were you not really, um, I can't remember if we talked about this or not, but were you not really into the boxcar album or were you? I love the boxcar. No, okay. I was, I was way into it, but, but I just mean, um. There's a, I, I, I get where Tom's saying, but he compares his music to other stuff a lot of times that I think you have to know Tom to understand where yeah. he's coming from. <laughs> yeah, it's like a different language. Yeah. Um, and I don't think I really got that at that point. I, I didn't understand that. So when I heard it's going to be Pink Floyd and I heard things at the time where they were talking about the song lengths being long and being like um, talking about the wall uh, and songs connected to other songs, I was expecting more um, prog shit. Which I <laughs> well, am it, glad it is not in there. Yeah. Uh, but that's at the time what I was like expecting. Like, where's like the, yeah, where's the solos? Like, See, where's the I Cheshire could, Cat with What you're talking about, that's I didn't really I was, think of Pink Floyd, and I don't remember them saying that, but I can see where I can see it because it's basically. Like you said, the albums connect. There's like weird kind of interludes, and there's weird oh, things. Oh, you don't. Like, I you, think it oh, is. Wait, till, wait till we get to some Pink Floyd stuff. I have, this to, is I have some definitely, facts to drop about this album. Yeah, we've talked about this before that this is like the the pet sounds of punk. It's the It is. And and that's the, an, and that it, yeah, so to to get over it, my that was my arc with it is like, ah, uh, I I love it. I did listen But do you remember like the exact that, like time you bought it or when you got no, it? No. No. I mean, I remember um I remember getting it in a Target. It was the same Target that I got reanimation at uh, was around it the, the same Gilbert time. Was the Gilbert and period. Southern one? Was it the same one that I got? No, this, this was the, no, the this was uh California. This was oh, okay. This is 2003. I lived in California in this time. So it was a Target humble uh humble <laughs> Frank. I lived in that's, that's, that's for one person. That's for like one joke for one person yeah. listening. Yeah, yeah. Humble brag. Um, uh, when I lived in California. Wait, you uh, lived in California? California. A resident of the state, same state as Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, Silicon Valley, and Blink 182. So <laughs> I listened to it and I liked it, um, but it didn't have the gut feeling, like the gut impact. Um, although it, it got there really quickly. Yeah. I ended up like really quickly falling in. I, my, my first thing, the first thing that I was like, 
I, and it was probably the first time I listened to it was always where I was like, okay, this is like hitting me at the gut, like lizard brain blink level. Um, and eventually I, I came back into it and yeah, that, that was my album that over time it's only gotten better. I mean, yeah. feeling this is probably my favorite blink song ever. It probably is. It's, it's, it's the, the pet best. sounds of pop punk. It's a fucking crazy album. It's insane that it exists. And the story around it is it awesome. It is the Fury, Fury Road of, uh, of pop punk is, the, is feeling this. Ooh, ooh yeah. I love that. <laughs> the Fury Road. Wow. <laughs> I need to play it again because I um I figured out some. There's a little, there's a little thing here. There's a perfect spot for me to do some little fucking. Just like a little, throw a little, just like a little bit of that in there. So to talk about anything, Ryan, I I think the the most important thing, uh, arguably, not I think. You know, this is my thought, my mm-hmm. personal opinion. Uh, the context, right? I mean, something isn't just dropped in a vacuum. And I think especially for, for an album like this, it really uh, is going to help to just go in and see where was, you know, the world at? Where was Blink at? Where was the, the pop punk scene at in, in this time? Okay. Um, okay. You know, this is, this is the period I'm going to refer to for this episode as like, you know, the, the early, the, 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 you know, the mid-Bush years, right? I mean, this is, this is America in San Diego where this band is. So... 2002, 2003 is a pretty um, interesting time, right? It's like the peak war on terror. Team America hadn't come out yet, but wow. like the circumstances that made that come out, you know, mm-hmm. I'm really hitting the important beats here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, 9-11 happened in 2002, 2003. That was like when America invaded Iraq. Uh, we had already gone to Afghanistan. You know, it, it, it was it was on the, uh, the up up uphill, like... We didn't know where this was going to end. Like, I feel like at this time period for me, I was still like remembering things on the news. Like, is there going to be another like nine eleven? Like right now? Like it was a little yeah. like. Everyone on was it. pretty paranoid and stuff. Yeah. P- paranoid. Yeah, I like paranoia. That. You, you said that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> paranoia was was in the in the air. Um, for Blink One Eighty Two, they were in a an, in, in a kind of interesting place. I mean, they had been in the late nineties riding pretty high. Like they were massively successful. Mm-hmm. Um, but like surprisingly it wasn't, successful in a way, you know, yeah, they were yeah, expecting I don't, I don't, it. No one was expecting it. No one expected it. Right. I mean, f- literally, uh, let's start starting from 2000. Let's say start, start this from 2001. So in 2001, um, what, five years ago, they were, you know, a, a band, but like, you know, they probably a fraction of what they were making. Right. Yeah. Um, and, but within this, they were, they were having a lot of like kind of, uh, internal struggles. Like they, even with the last album with, with take off your pants and jacket, they wanted to turn in basically a different album from what they turned in. Mm -hmm. They, uh, presented to the, the label, uh, an album that didn't have first date, didn't have the rock show. Um, I think there, there's a couple others it might not have had as well. Um, and the label, it consisted on these songs that became, uh, what a lot of people think of as the defining songs of that album. Like the, not only did they kind of get, have to put in other songs, 
but the songs they had written weren't really the focus of of that album. The the original uh, ones, really. Yeah, right. Like like they were right, you know, they were going to the label with songs like Every Time I Look for You, Roller Coaster. Never found out why you left him, but this answer begs that question. Too blind to see tomorrow, too broke to beg or borrow. Young and stupid, left wide open, hearts are wasted, lives are broken. That's not really, those are kind of like the secondary songs on the album. So yeah. they they didn't really get to make the album they wanted. And the parts of the album that were what they were going for were not really highlighted. I think the closest they got was Stay Together for the Kids. Um, there was kind of like the Anthem Part 2 was a late um, single, wasn't it? It was like a half-ass single, right? Yeah, like it was. They, it was like, like it, it was like, like the last leg of the the push. I feel like that was like a last song. Yeah, if I'm remembering yeah. correctly. Yeah, and yeah, I mean that's that's certainly a song I'd throw in this this camp of the the kind of other version of this album. That, yeah, like that, stuff people like the you know that don't really follow it, don't really probably listen to as well. Right. Yeah. Right. So there was a lot of tension with, I mean, they've said in retrospect, it was the label, like the label wanted Enema of the State Part 2. So the band, which like, makes total sense, I think, I mean, you know, it's kind of sucks, but I think in that period, this is like the last leg of, you know, music selling hot. Like this is the last few years of, of people still buying albums really. Right. And, um, and they were still kind of considered like. You know, girls and me had pit posters of them on the wall. You know, so it's yeah. just like well, and I think that's what Blink was probably fighting against. Oh, like for they, sure. They, I think that whether consciously or not, they didn't want to be seen like that. And that so that so that brings me to uh, the the next thing I want to get into is the the pop disaster tour. Uh, this happens after take off your pants and jacket. They're touring with Green Day. Um, and a few, few dates with Jimmy. Yeah, that was about yeah, a few half, dates, half Jimmy the shout dates. out. Uh, or everybody's second favorite band, you know, everyone's second favorite band, Jimmy Will. Um, <laughs> and, uh, uh, on this tour, they basically are like, not only does green day kind of shit talk them a little bit of like, you guys are not as good as us live, but if you go back and you look at, uh, reviews of that concert, like every critic was like, blink is awful. And they're being upstaged by green day. Yeah, they're um, opening for them, basically. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. The thing is, like, had Blink was the headliner, but they were being savaged. So I think for Blink, like, you know, if, if you're Mark or Tom or Travis, you're 
you know, you made Enema State. It was great. It was a huge success. But on the one hand, there's a lot of like, oh, geez, everyone thinks we're like a boy band. I didn't see or this Or just like coming. this, or, you know, Goofy, the naked guys. Like, it's still like in any interview right, you right. watch today. today right. to, oh, today. they're like a joke band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, are you like a Weird Al thing? Is like a parody band, you know? So they, they try to make this album where like, they oh, put their clothes like, on for this album, you know, or something. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, every, still today. Yeah, every single album is like, what, normal jokesters, Blink-182. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, Mark Hupp is normally naked. This 30-year-old up for the interview in yeah. pants, you know? <laughs> um, but they, but they, uh, they, they tried to go for this thing that, got kind of pushed aside and and I think and now they're on this tour and everyone's like oh yeah they're just like a they're a boy band they can't hack it like real musicians green day yeah they're veterans I have to imagine that they like they were bringing that uh feeling into them in 2002 kind of going into to that time and in that vibe Tom leaves to go do like fuck it I can't do what I want to do in blink uh, maybe in part motivated by the tour. I don't know, you know, what was going on there. If like Tom was maybe wanting to, this is totally me just guessing, but uh, try out different things live. Like, hey, well, let, this is let, let's try this. Yeah. Like, and and people being like, no. Um, yeah, you know, I think I, it's a mix. It's like apparently around that time um, when he was he wrote the boxcar stuff when he was recovering from his a uh, disc surgery, his um, right, his back surgery. Which he ended up being addicted to painkillers from, and um, and and, and just for years, kinda, for years yeah. after. I mean, he he in, in in interviews around that time implied it was a few month thing, but it sounds like that's what he was doing like from here on for for years. Yeah, and so it was kind of like that, and then he that happened, and and then he probably I don't think it probably ended up meaning for it to be like this, you know, kind of successful album with like having tours and stuff like that and brought in Travis probably just for like session drums and it became a real band and that (laughs) caused a whole ripple into Mark that they ended up having a tug of war with Travis eventually with the whole plus 44 and this, it was just like this, it caused it. It never was the same. Okay. Well, anyway, my question is, uh, (laughs) well, anyway, how does, uh, how does Mark feel about you and Travis having like other bands? Good question. Oh, I think he's totally fine with it. Actually, what we do in our spare time is just kind of what we all do in our spare time. That's why... He's trying to raise a baby right now, right? Yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Congratulations about your baby, dude. Oh, thank you. I, I have one, too. I'm trying I, to raise saw, one as well, but... I saw pictures of her on Blink-22.com. She's cool. Hey, you're 13, Is he dude. hitting on her already? Yeah. Like, she's like six weeks old. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, you know, hey... uh Hey, but no, but well, we we all try and just do different things in our spare time, and even in a little more spare time besides Boxcar Racer, Travis is out doing the transplants and, you know, trying to put together a record label and stuff like that, and um, so we all have different hobbies and, and different things to do, so uh, everyone's really supportive of each other. It's awesome. That's really cool. Now, is that the truth? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it just seems... People always think weird things, yeah, too. Like, it, that's it seems... really, I get, but this, this Boxcar Racer thing was never meant honestly to be a, a big production it was just a full spur of the moment thing let's hey let's just we had our first break and so let's try and do something the only like, reason why it seems weird from an outsider looking in and, I, and I, I know the answer to this but you wanted to find the best drummer around the best drummer was in blink 182 that's the, that is the, honestly like and i knew the i knew without a doubt that there was hardly any time to do this record and i right. knew if i called travis it would be done in a matter of days you know for the drum perspective i mean you could spend months on drums of if the course. guy 
and uh and i just that's why and, and travis digs the music too so it just kind of worked out but you know we haven't really been doing anything this this is a class it's, it's your song, classic so. like okay, well, actually, fame and money changes everything right if this yeah. was still a band in a garage and like like if it, this was you and me and like our friend eric and like <laughs> <laughs> me and Eric went off to do something or you and Eric went off to do something it, like, okay, yeah, you went off and did your own thing. But now, cause it's like a giant thing with a record contract and like a label. And there was even talk of, um, th- this is something Tom has talked about or, or maybe Mark, but I know it's, it's been talked about by the people involved around this time. It's easy to forget. I think now, especially with where blinks at, but t- Tom was kind of seen as the, Justin Timberlake, if this were a boy band, he kind of the leader kind of almost. The, he kind of became that. Yeah, he wasn't, but he was the singer of all the small things, and he he had the voice that you knew it was Blink Wing Two. Yeah, yeah. And I think that was that was it. Um, and there were talks in this time for him to do uh, a solo album, like have it mm. be a solo career. Like they offered. So him. I think. Yeah. So there. Oh yeah, they they offered him it. So there was a lot of I think genuine just concern for mark of like when he's kind of the oh, torch carrier for the band in a way like he's just like livered lot you know yeah it's, it's, it's this is kind of the beginning of uh the role that mark would never really shy away from this is kind of the role he's been in he's kind of been stuck in this role ever since 2002 he may have been that role since the beginning to be honest i think you know I mean, yeah you know, that's that's true just like i mean yeah they're always talking about like the stickers they find at his mom's house and stuff. Like I feel like yeah, he's kind of the keeper of the books. Yeah, um, <laughs> the keeper of the flame of Mark Hoppus. So yeah, so, the only original so, Blink One Eight Two member left. You know, right? That's crazy to think about. Um, so so Tom does this thing, Boxcar Racer, and it's it's a hit. Like it's a huge success. It's not yeah. bigger than Blink, which I think would have. God, can you imagine? Like that would oh, have yeah. changed things, but it, it wasn't. Well, the thing that. is, is like, I feel like some of those songs could work as Blink songs, like especially on this album. You know, there's a handful yeah, of them. They, they like, definitely at least could sounds and tones, but it's it's pretty stripped down, which is fun. I think still, I I don't go back to it as often as I probably um, I would. I you know did for a long time. With the yeah, Box it's it's album. one of the ones where uh, we've talked about it on this show before. Where sometimes I think when things get more serious, they get less mature. <laughs> and I feel yeah. like oh, that album is one of the most immature albums Blink has ever done in a way. Yeah. Where Even though I still love like the cool thing, like I, the one, like, like uh, my first punk songs, not like that. You know, My first like, punk songs. Cool. I um, like, uh, I feel so like, uh, Oh yeah. The lyrics are a little weird aside, but it's one of the coolest songs I oh, think Tom sure. has written and gets the closest to like, I see the Fugazi ness in here, like uh, a bit. Like I, I, I kind yeah, of and I, and I songs think like that Elevator songs... or the instrumental one are cool too. Oh yeah, yeah. The Elevator's one I go. That's probably the one I go back to the most. It's like on the most of my like playlists that I, when I throw one of those songs on or something. It's probably Elevator, just because it's just so cool and like a weird, just stripped down sound. I saw it all. I saw it all go down. The shadow.
That could have been like the last song on the self-titled album. Yeah, like a lot. There's some some of those songs do, and it, and I can see like that would be a bummer if you're Mark. You know, like why? Like he's probably thinking like why couldn't these just be blink ideas? You know, like why yeah, do you feel like yeah. he needed to go and do this thing? Like what was I? Yeah, because Mark was never bad. the one who was. Like Mark isn't the MCA record executive. Like Mark was. Mark didn't like write say hey we need to write first date in the rock show. You know. Yeah, I mean, I bet you he would be like down. You know to you know, kind of make some kind yeah. of fun kind of stuff. But like, I could see him in the same boat. I, I, I bet you anything. Yeah, that was it. It really hurt because that would be a, such a bummer. Like, why couldn't those ideas flow into the next Blink album? Which I think they did. But like, he right. felt like he needed to do that himself without those guys. And, 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 and I totally see Tom's point of view, though, too, of just like, hey, I just want to do my own thing and kind of get this thing figured out. Like, maybe from Tom's point of view, too, he's like, I since I'm writing like new kinds of songs, maybe I should try it a bit first before I like That's true. bring it back. You know, maybe I should make a couple test runs of this like yeah. weird new sound, um, which I think ended up being the case. I, th- I think that the self-titled, maybe that's why I don't go back to the boxcar race one too, is it's, it's a lot of the like ideas that were done better on the self-titled. I think. Oh yeah. But it was, it was there. For sure. Yeah, it just yeah, it just it, I think you're totally right with the whole thing. Like maybe if it's just too self serious, it gets less mature. And and I don't think this album has that really. And um, but yeah, I think that it's it, it that that's the bridge right there is that boxcar album, which causes yeah. I think like um, you're saying like where their headspace is at. It's not just that tension between Mark and Tom, which tension creates some of the best art, and also it's like limitation in a weird way yeah. too. Where um, they limited themselves into this house for this recording where they're like, let's just for for three months lock ourselves in a house together and make something. And that's what I think makes it so cohesive and great, even though yeah. in some of those articles and videos that we've been watching this, this week, they talk about like, we're going to chain, you know, we used to do just like have one or two guitar tones throughout a whole album and just like scrap it or just like keep that throughout the whole album. And this one, yeah. they were like, we just have different tones in each song, which I think comes yeah. across, but it also at the same time feels like it's part of the same piece, which is like yeah. in most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, no. Uh, yeah. I agree. Um, that's, but, that's kind of the, the Jerry Finn magic, I think yeah. partly. And, and another thing, I guess where their headspace, um, they're all like, I looked it up. Like Mark was about my age when he they made this album, which really yeah, so they made were, me feel old. They're like early thirty. He's like early, like thirty two, thirty three, or something like that. Thirty two, thirty three. Yeah, which is really kind of fucked me up today too. When I thought about that, and um, <laughs> and I think don't ever look at how old the Beatles were. Oh yeah, it's, I know it's kind of gnarly, <laughs> but like it's sort of like I think that. That's another thing in their headspace is like that. I, I like just the change from twenties to thirties, and also they they were having yeah. kids around this time, um, and I think like um, there's a moment in I think one of the Cheetah videos where um, Tom and Mark mentioned that they have, they feel like they haven't changed, like they still have like same sense of humor and stuff like that, but having kids um, and also probably nine eleven and stuff has created this paranoia within the world, and um, yeah. And that just like worrying about things, and that I think that's really what they much like about. them going off into different directions yeah. and recording uh, songs about or writing songs about sex and writing feeling this. Mark and Tom, I saw in two different interviews when asked about the themes on the album, said making uh, having kids made him paranoid. Mm. 
Like it was something they both independently like expressed. Yeah, and so it's it's an interesting thing because I and that's why I think I mentioned this on the last. It might have been on the the this uh, our lost episode, but um, that the lyrics on this feels a little bit more. Um, I think I said vague, but that's not really what I mean. I guess like more universal or something. Like there's it's not really specific. Yeah, maybe that's what it is, and so it can be interpreted different right. ways. But thinking about it, yeah, that that was in that was in the episode we saved. We, okay, we cool. were talking about the uh, the Rosenstock Rosenstock, oh, Rosenstock um, yeah. album and how specific it was, yeah. and how it's not like the, the yeah. It, but but I think it's in a way it still kind of is. It just has it it's worded in a way that makes it feel like if you're young, like probably like in junior high or early high school, like you could think it's about like your relationships or like you know fuck my this or this you know person <laughs> or something like that. But I think it really is more about just like. Yeah. Um, you know, the world's crushing and I have this kid now I have to worry about. And like, it's kind of like, I don't know, it works, I think, in that, yeah. way, in that way. Yeah, there, there's songs that, um, I I like some songs on this album that, um, not, not I mean, not every song is like this. There are definitely some romantic songs, mm-hmm. but there are some songs uh, that are kind of, you could definitely take as a song about a girl or a guy, mm-hmm. um, but you could also take as a song about, um, something else like just someone in your life who you care about. Yeah. Um, they, they could be a little, a little bigger than that. Like, um, I don't know, like definitely a, a lot of lyrics from songs like, um, I miss you are romantic, yeah. but like some of the feelings like might not be like necessarily romantic love. Um, that's true. Like you, you could totally take at least the chorus like don't waste your time on me you're already the voice in my head like kind of like unconditional love towards a kid you know like, oh yeah i i just think like some of that sentiments or maybe just even having a kid maybe change their headspace at dealing with like love in a different way that sounds really cheesy to say no. but that's like i think a lot of the themes of the <laughs> album one of those things like they were making an already out music for a while like you know since they were kids and writing about what the, you know and and i think having that life change when especially like say like in take off your pants and jacket they felt like the songs like rock show or uh, first date weren't genuine you know they were like let's just make a yeah you know a summer hit kind of thing even though i love that was like it, yeah i i, I like yeah I, I like uh the rock show oh yeah a rock shows like and, but i feel like that was the first time that they those are California songs. Like, like they were, were they were trying, trying to, to write, write like a Blink One Eight Two a Blink One Eight Two song. Yeah. <laughs> it's like California, yeah. yeah, the California album, yeah. Um, and then this one, everything comes off so um, seems so easy and natural. There's so, so much complicated shit going on, but um, it's hard to replicate that. Like you have to have that perfect storm. The best, the best stuff does. The best stuff always seems easy. Yeah, uh, like in anything, I feel like. Yeah, and this does. Like it, it feels effortless. And, it, and yeah, um, and I think it has yeah a lot to do with their headspace at the time. And you if yeah, they, they could, you couldn't have forced this album, if that makes sense. Like, I Yeah, so The Perfect Storm, I think you have. Um, so, yeah, so now that we've talked about kind of Boxcar and everything, you have a band that not only are they wanting to try, like they're mm-hmm. genuinely motivated to put out what prove themselves, they think is kind of. prove themselves, right? Yeah, that's where they're at. Like, And it, it totally makes sense why they'd be there. Because um, they, there's... They, they, they right now, um, you know, the older I get, the more I relate to people who've had successes. Like I think about like what it would be like for me, you know, and I feel like I would be, and I would understand why they would in their position at this time be like, I'm handed 
the keys to the kingdom, right? Like they're on top of the world, but do I deserve it? Yeah. Like, have I like, um, have I really proved myself as a musician that's worthy of this kind of praise and, and, and success? Yeah, there's like a moment in the cheetah video where like Travis is playing like, um, like marching band, sort of like a drum kind of beat sort of thing. And Mark says like, I can't even play my instrument. Like he's just kind of like, yeah. <laughs> even play my bass yeah they're all just listening to travis like record some like kind of marching sort of style like kind of thing and yeah just like i can't i don't even know what i'm doing here is basically i don't even know what i'm doing yeah (laughs) well that's why they rule right like that's what's so cool about blink is that they got to this place and kind of didn't like they (laughs) it was like they were protagonists from a movie plucked in a rock band. and it's not manufactured yeah like that's the thing like i like simple plan and stuff always came off, and maybe it's not the case. I don't know the history of them, but they it feels to me like someone like we gotta we gotta get into that blink thing, and you know, yeah. Good Charlotte was definitely yeah. that. I I feel like they, but yeah, there were bands like that for sure. That Blink had an authenticity, which is like crazy to say, especially no, with the posters and did. stuff. It, but it was it just it became that you know it was like yeah. Yeah, it was the Beatles. You always got the feeling like with that stuff, they were like in on the joke. Like like the bit, Beatles. Yeah. The Beatles were exactly the yeah. same way where like even in their like heyday of like before they got really serious, like they seemed like they were in on the joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like they knew. Like, yeah. So. Uh, but yeah, so, so you have that, like where they genuinely want to do something different and they are uh, – successful enough where they can do it like financially they're in a place where they can really do whatever they want and i think what's really important for this story is mca handed over to geffen and geffen didn't do what mca did with take off your pants and jacket they um the the story not i take off your pants and jacket is they went to visit um the executives went to visit and hear what they've been doing, and they played them two songs. Uh, did did you have you heard that? Do you hear about, so, yeah. about this? Hear about this? Hear about this? Yeah, the the two songs were the um, song about dogs, uh, <laughs> and the song. Um, it was when you f- fuck grandpa, I think. But at that <laughs> time, fuck a dog and fuck grandpa. Uh, at that time, that. At that time, the lyrics were different. Um, it was not Grandpa. It was Hitler. Oh, Jesus. Um, so those Jesus were the two Christ. songs that the studio... Yeah, and the studio executives <laughs> were not happy about it from all accounts. They probably... Involved. That probably is. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Who are we paying you the, guys the, millions the, of yeah, dollars it, for? This is ridiculous. For Yeah, and, and it also kind of, I think, recontextualizes those songs of like... That's why they wrote those songs, right? They wrote those songs for that meeting with those people, like that. that was, Thinking that they would laugh like, or right? something. Like it was, yeah. it was just like, oh, sh- oh shit! Like the meetings, like in in a couple of days, like we don't have any songs like done. Like we, let's just we'll we'll say we have two songs done and we'll do these. Oh, that's um, so fucked up, but like really funny also. But uh, what a bunch when, of assholes. Um, Geffen heard little stinkers. Yeah, right. 
I know, right? That's something that in high school or like when I was a kid, I'd be like, like, yeah. man, that's like, <laughs> now yeah. I'm like, but now I'm like, I'm like oh, oh, God. as someone who like works, I'm just like imagining like, okay, like, thanks for wasting our time here. Thanks like, for what? wasting whatever it costs. Like, how much are we paying for that studio space? That station? Yeah. 300,000 a, a week. That's literally is it millions of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> And there's like, what band is like not? Yeah, sorry, we couldn't book you tonight. We had to get Blink for the studio. Like, you're not making your magnum opus. Um, yeah, but whatever. Oh, that's uh, funny. So, fast forward though to the self titled. When Geffen execs, the cool execs Geffen come and hear it, uh, they hear, and I, and I wish I did, I couldn't find out what exactly they heard, but they heard like some some of the early demos and were like, floored and said expressly take whatever time you need yeah like took like a just worry about making they they it sounds like they heard it and they were like you're making the album of your career take your time to do so great yeah it's so so it's a perfect storm where where they're trying to make the the best album of their career and have a real incentive to do so and at the same time the the doors are being unlocked of of in a, in a way never before since I'm sure of just play around with these tools. Yeah, like for, we're gonna just throw money at this. Yeah, like go, and have fun. Just like watching those cheetah videos, and they had I think Travis mentions that they had three months of demoing and three months of just it wasn't even recording. Yeah. They were just like, which is that's a lot of time. Insane. Yeah. That doesn't happen. Yeah. We demoed for about two months, and. We're finished demoing. Well, actually, we're still demoing. We're still writing songs, but we're recording them for real as well. Um, things are very different already. Um, as far as like sounds of drums, like big roomy drums, um, crazy parts. Um, I'm here the whole time. Like I'm not going nowhere. I usually record my drums and I break out, but um, this time I'm hanging out through the whole recording process. Besides when I go on tour with the transplants. I mean that's And then you see the house where they have like wires going through all the house and they built like the damn switchboard in there and just like they mic'd up a lot of rooms in that house. I mean just reading in descriptions of how the songs are recorded, um Almost every room is mentioned at some point, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, we got Tom's vocals in the bathroom. We got Travis's drum set in the living room. Yeah. Like they, they were using that house. Um, and this was very much a house record. Like this is, I think this is top five house records ever, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can't really think of any others on the top of my head, but. Uh, Grizzly Bear's Yellow House. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> um uh, Fortress was recorded in a house. The Miniature Tigers. Fortress album. by Miniature Tigers. Uh, Led Zeppelin Four, I think, okay. was a house recording. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the five. That's the five that's the right five. there. Yeah. Fort- Fortress, <laughs> Miniature Tigers. Check it out if you haven't. Oh, that album's great. <laughs> Very good. But um, yeah, that it's it's so fun. Um, yeah, it's it's you couldn't. That's why. The thing is, is like they were at this point where they just had kids, so they probably feel okay being away from the house. I mean, they, they want to be there. They're probably they were still in town, but like, um, I don't know. Like, I feel like they're at the perfect time where it's like we have to. We better do this now. This is like our college. We need to do this. 
or to get away, or like they're summer abroad or something before like my life starts right, almost right. Like before like things get too serious. Like I already have this kid. I bet yeah. I better like really knuckle down and make something. Cause I feel one last hurrah. Yeah. Because now, I mean, they all have their own studios and, and it's cool, but like, and, and they talked about when the last two blink albums, I spent a lot of time doing this, but it probably is more like work, you know, and this was definitely work, yeah. but well, I I think too, in a weird way, kind of what I was trying to get at earlier is there were like, in in a way that you don't normally get with bands that are pretty successful is uh there there felt like there were stakes with it mm-hmm. like there there felt like there was like um California had this a bit too but I it just it felt like they had kind of like something to prove yeah. like like they they had a reason to try which a lot of times when when famous bands get stale it feels to me as an outsider like that's the reason is they don't really have any sort of at the end of the day they could churn out something that's just pretty good and it's fine yeah it, n- nothing's gonna ma- you know happen really yeah yeah it just was like this it was like the make or break in a weird way you know like we could be f- it, 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 it is if they didn't have this album and didn't change and like you know maybe split some fan bases and stuff and i think it yeah. wouldn't we probably wouldn't be talking about it then today in a weird way if that makes sense like it might and so someone too that was in the same boat was jerry finn like he he had produced albums before this um, but he was on an upward trajectory just like Blink. And I can't, I have to imagine maybe even more than Blink, like Jerry Finn being given this project and being told, you know, the label's cool with you just holding up in a house for three months and experimenting. <laughs> I have to imagine like the alarm bells in his brain went off of like, this is this is it. Like this is yeah, like no, what no one's ever going to have enough to. money to make a, a pop punk album to do this, you know, type of thing. Like, right. Yeah. Like what? What world is like? Yeah, here, and this is Jerry this is pre American Idiot too. Like this is like you know right, which, right. which is basically the, which is Idiot. the last pop last pop punk album I would say. <laughs> After that, there's no more pop punk. It's just punk in now in some form with pop <laughs> elements. It's the like yeah, as pop is popular. That's the last one is American Idiot. So this hmm. is before that. What about? I'd leave a carve out for Joyce Manor. Well, I know that, like, but I'm just saying like Joyce that's Man. not that's not pop though. I mean, it is pop. No, but it's not popular like something yeah. on the radio. That's what I'm trying to say. Like yeah. it's not the. Oh, I get it. I get it. I that's get what it. I'm trying to yeah. say. Not necessarily um, that it's like right. bands making that type of music, but at that level of being a right. pop, like a top forty band. You right. Know? It actually is pop. Yeah. That's punk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I. No, that's good. I like that. Um, yeah. So yeah, and 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 Jerry Finn. I mean, that's more than blink i think he's interested in probably just experimenting with sounds and doing different stuff with a house mm-hmm. um they bring in uh you see in the cheetah videos like the first few videos are just like bringing in the like the army of didgeridoos from walk hard like this is <laughs> this is them like assembling the insane brian wilson house and it's so fun to watch as like someone who you know is into music recording mm-hmm. uh like it's legit. This is like the kid in the candy store, like dream scenario. I still reference in my head of like, man, it would be really cool if I got like the blink self-titled thing where I just have a house got in the cheetah videos. Mark Hoppus is playing animal crossing on the GameCube. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be playing animal crossing on the switch nowadays, but otherwise largely the same. <laughs> you can <laughs> see it. Like in the videos, like just the, 
um, the, the title screen just playing over and over again while they're like I feel like they cut away from it as like they accidentally cut to like something filthy like they, they cut to it and like you see a little bit and it's like immediately like oh shit <laughs> get, get the camera off of that ew <laughs> Mark's playing a kitty game or something we're gonna find out Mark's lame <laughs> He's just sitting here playing Animal Crossing where Tom <laughs> Tom and Travis are like downstairs in the basement Getting smoking high, yeah. weed with the pay-per-view porn. And Mark's like, no, I want to play Animal Crossing. And you know there's like this cupcake place? It's like pretty good. I'm going to get some cupcakes. Let's go to Cold Stone. That's, yeah. the, that's the vibe I get from this. So yeah, uh, Travis and Tom talked about they like were just doing drugs and watching pay-per-view pornography <laughs> on giant screens. Um, Tom said he like... Uh, he had some quote where it was something like, uh, the biggest thing I remember from that was racking up $3 million of pay-per-view tabs. Uh, that has to be a Smoking joke. like the entire nation of Columbia or something. Yeah. That's probably an exaggeration. <laughs> I'm sure it's not $3 million, no. But I, I wouldn't, uh, yeah, it sounds like uh, it was just a party house that was also a recording studio. Um, which is interesting. Like, I didn't realize at the time um it makes sense listening to the album but i didn't realize like blink or at least tom and travis were like smoking a lot of weed i never knew that growing up you know and it's not it's not a thing where i was like oh i thought blink was innocent but it's just like i always like associated like weed with like it's like the Beatles or like well, it's just our fucking know, psychedelic stuff yeah like we and were thought, just drilling our head that it was like bad you know and just, yeah, and in retrospect, it's like, oh, of, yeah, course, of course, yeah, like that. I, that makes sense. Yeah, like never, thought, never, hundred percent, never thought about that one bit grow, uh, growing up, like them being high yeah. or anything. And it, but but yeah, it seems like um, Tom has said that. Travis has said. I think he's the quote from his book was that like this was the um, kind of the time before it all went bad with 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 his drug use. Mm-hmm. Like this is where he was. He said he basically the way he described it was like I was using drugs, but. I, it wasn't out of control and I was like having, I was able to have fun like, and, and, and get stuff out. I've of told it. you this that before. He, he, he was like, I, it, it got beyond that. Eventually. Yeah. Like I've told you this before, like before moving here to Portland, like right before like turning 30, basically, like I started getting paranoid and like not enjoying like ha- ha- smoking weed or anything. And it was like a thing where yeah. it, like it hit me in like, and just, uh, and you know, pre that sounds like going, it wasn't that way for Tom and yeah. and uh, Travis. Well, maybe it hits you later. Maybe it hit him a couple years later because they yeah. were probably just hitting thirty. You know, yeah, maybe, yeah. So, yeah, but uh, but yeah, Mark, Mark doesn't seem like I haven't seen anything that Mark was really. Maybe he was, but I get the feeling Mark was um, more conservative, not the, doing that as much. Yeah, um, or you know, it just wasn't his bag. He was playing Animal Crossing and stuff, <laughs> which is. Arguably a more harmful drug. Yeah, it is. <laughs> marijuana. I had to. I finally kind of um, broke it a little bit in the last uh, last two weeks. Just slowed down quite a bit. Animal Crossing. Yeah, just because I was going oh. so hard. Like I have over three hundred hours. <laughs> you replace it with weed and pay yeah. you uh, pornography. <laughs> exactly. There's a couple of <laughs> other little cheetah things I noticed watching that. Um, I said that there's a little moment where it seems like that get ready for action. Um, soundbite was used in like an electronic thing that Mark was working with. Do you remember hearing that? Strat. Lyrics, music, magic. It's a beautiful thing, people. Uh, let me tell you about 
about the walls. We are building walls to try and soundproof the house so the neighbor doesn't come back and complain. Uh, we had a little noise complaint, so we're building some walls to help contain the noise. Won't eliminate all of it, but it'll get rid of a lot of it. And uh, we're going to draw and graffiti all over it, and then we're going to give the panels away at the end of the session. became a brand new day Two lovers playing a scene from some romantic play September morning still can make me feel that way If you watch the Cheetah videos again, look out for the, the stuffed Spongebob. It's all over the videos. And they have it placed in certain Ooh. spots. There's a stuffed Spongebob, which Spongebob would have been brand new around this time and uh right yeah old couple years before but there's like a spongebob you see it like up on top of like banisters you see it like across the room like it's all over like every it's like in every shot this spongebob it's like the <laughs> it's like a kubrick thing basically um oh that's good uh that's really good. I have the it's like the calumet the what the calumet can yeah yeah it's like the calumet can from the shining this thing right here i have it <laughs> Oh shit! <laughs> uh, listeners at home, he's holding up. Oh my god, Jack Nicholson's behind you! Yeah. Oh shit! Um, <laughs> this is now on my wind, my uh, um, windowsill. But um, nice. Anyway, uh, um, what else did I notice? Um, the Animal Crossing. Uh, there's a moment where they go to Cold Stone Creamery and they're basically harassing the people behind the counter to do a song. I remember, oh no! And I remember our friends uh, Brandy worked there, or and she we had we were going to. Make her sing songs by <laughs> tipping them at Cold Stone. But there's a moment where like they're still <laughs> they're walking out, and he's in um, Cheetah's like filming Mark as he's walking out of the Cold Stone. And there's like a little kid that walks in the frame, and he's like, "Mommy, ice cream!" And um, and you hear uh, Cheetah kind of giggle because he catches this kid saying it. <laughs> and I was like, "Where's that kid today? That little that kid in the, in the Cheetah oh. video." Mommy, Miami ice, ice cream. Like it's like a perfect. Like he walks right into the shop behind Mark, you know, and you get. He's probably signing posters at Comic Con. <laughs> yeah, he's probably famous. That that kid was Chris Pratt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, and the other note I have, uh, I have two, but um, one of them was, where's like the? Oh wait, did did you have a note about Tom playing the synthesizer being like actually just Tom in twenty? 18 <laughs> i'd miss that i think <laughs> there's a thing where tom is like playing like a synthesizer that has like some like new agey kind of like overly like synth pop thing and he's he's like dramatically like dancing to it kind of like <laughs> boom, you know yeah the way he kind of danced with the and it's basically like a yeah it's like foreshadowing for like what would what would <laughs> what happen to become yeah um there's a moment where he does the he reveals the new tom DeLong guitar the gibson Mm. And he opens that up, and it's like beautiful. It's guitar. it's beautiful, and he's like, "This is the new guitar I got," and and that's what he's used ever since. You know that that freaking Gibson. 
but it was just like cool seeing it revealed like that. Like, well, he's used he's he's switched it since since then. He's, unfortunately, he's pretty much he's, on. He's that. gone to like well, it's the same guitar. He just changes the. It's all the same like different colors and stuff most of the time. I think he's switched to like uh, like some sort of other thing. Really? Since I'm gonna... uh, yeah, it's like. I don't. I don't know enough about guitars to know exactly what it is, but I think there's like it's different. Yeah, maybe it's slightly, uh, but it's kind of a similar like style, like the semi-hollow kind of Gibson vibe. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the, it's not. It's not that far off. Yeah. And the only other note I have, and I think we've talked about this in the show before, but where are the smile sessions of this? Did it burn up in that universal yes, fire? Where, did it burn I up? I think they did. You think it did? I think. Th- I think it did. I think it did. Yeah. This is definitely. If there was ever an album that I want, that I actually want, like, the 40-track bonus thing that's just, like, stem for yeah. go, part one, false start A, yeah. like, give it to yeah. me. Like, I want all that. Where the hell? Why hasn't Blink... I mean, did they just know it just sucks? Like, it just, like, the like there's nothing... Sound. These were the only ones that were good. <laughs> Don't listen to the other tracks, trust us. Like, you know how hard it was for Blink-182 to make this shit? Like... <laughs> It probably did burn up hear in that had universal to fire. I'm, I'm guessing that's probably it. Yeah, I think it did. That's uh. yeah. I don't. I don't think it. I think it was the kind of thing that like the powers that be, <laughs> the fucking man, uh, didn't care enough to really preserve it in any special way. That's probably and it. I bet because it's like they're not it the probably, Beach Boys or, or yeah. the Beatles where they have all that stuff laying around. And... Speaking, do you of, think there's money uh, for that? I, do you I think like say, I know, no, like diehards would like love that shit. But oh the, yeah, there's money for that. I know, yeah. but there's not. It would take a lot of money to go and like, you know, um, remaster or like recapture all that stuff. People probably. would eat that up. That is that that would sell. That would that would. It's probably I, I um, it's probably get would get as them much canceled. as any album would sell. Like if you're in the world of reboot album special, box maybe for sets, the 20th anniversary that, they'll do it. We're coming up on yeah, it. Yeah, maybe, maybe that that would be the fans would be old enough that they could more of them could afford it like the a lot of people are you're it's like you're talking about 40 year olds basically yeah. like can they afford 80 bucks yeah you know? for like the crazy box set right they, yeah they should do that that's what if i ever got like if mark did like a q a that's my i'm gonna keep that loaded is like that's a good one yeah is it where's the box set <laughs> is there like is there a smile session for the untitled or something but I was thinking, but they probably, yeah. it probably would get canceled. Like they'd have to edit this probably around. There's probably like, some. It, it would be like, would you ever release like the scratch tracks and just kind of the the recording process uh, documented? You know, just the files yeah. from this album session. People would love to hear this, that shit. This was also the um, it was the first Pro Tools. Um, mm. There was something that Mark. So the first thing they wrote was feeling this, and they wrote that in one day, Ryan. Uh, they wrote it the first day of recording when it was basically a Pro Tools demo. Mark was like to the audio engineer, like explain Pro Tools. And that <laughs> conversation just, they were like, okay, we just made feeling this. Like, can you imagine? Like they woke up that morning, that song did not exist. They went to bed and that was, I mean, it wasn't done obviously, but that was like, it sounds like largely it was figured out that song, like in one day. And it's like the it's probably the peak blink song, really. I mean Yeah. Um It has everything from the, before yeah. and everything after. Like it's just like the it's like the top of the hill, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
And yeah, uh, it, it really is. It's like you're at the top of the mountain, you're looking around, <laughs> and that that kind of like dives into the album a bit. Yeah. Um, I I want to say since you brought up uh, the Beach Boys and stuff, um, this is something that I think is really funny. Um, okay. They apparently like submitted joke titles to the label <laughs> as like things they knew would be re- like they were like here are the options. Yeah. <laughs> like it can be self titled. Um, I, I guess, the, I think they were like nervous that like they wouldn't, you know, they wanted a title, yeah. you know? So they were like, well, we'll go, uh, untitled, uh, diarrhea de Janeiro, uh, vasectomy and also vasecta you. Those were two <laughs> different so options. <laughs> and then one that I actually kind of think they should have called the album, uh, our pet sounds. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think that's a really good album title. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we should use that. Yeah, I like our that. pet sounds. <laughs> that is perfect. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, which is that's actually that says it all. Like that's yeah. what this album is, uh, and it seems yeah, they, that's what they were going for for sure. <laughs> the angel from my nightmare, the shadow in the background of the the unsuspecting victim of darkness in the valley. Let's go live like Jack and Sally if we want. And you can always find me. And we'll have Halloween on Christmas. And in the night, we'll wish this never ends. We'll wish this never ends. That's good. Oh, that sounds awesome. Even just like that. you do like that, Carlos? So goes, I miss you, miss you. Miss yeah, you, that's why that sounds cool too. That'd be really cool. That's awesome. All right, we just hit on something big. This is kind of our nice little like context pre lead up to the album before we dive into each song. But something I kind of want to throw out there, because um, maybe on the you know we're gonna try to stretch this out for a few episodes. But I figure if you're hearing this now, we probably haven't recorded the next episodes yet. Um, if you have like, like send us like your experiences with the album, like any kind of thing, like your, if you want to send like a little audio clip to our email, if you, or, you know, Twitter, or just kind of like a nice little blurb. And maybe like we can go through like, like a, like a good mailbag at the end of the, of the, yeah. you know, our little series here. Yeah. If, if you, if you want to send an audio clip, we'll put it in as like a, a voice message or something. We'll, we'll yeah. Like what's it. the album mean to you? You know? You know, just I guess what's yeah. a good is that a good question to throw out there? Like, what's a good um? And I guess, yeah, tell us your story. Yeah, tell what's us your story. tell us your you story. Know, the, the album's untitled, so like our question is untitled, <laughs> bro. Yeah, because everyone like you know, how did you receive it? It was so different. Like, when did you receive it? Or uh, you know, get into it. Do you have any strong thoughts on it? Any like song that you think of, or? Um, you know, any kind of defining life experience that this this album yeah, like what uh, I hit you with? Yeah, what kind of like things spark to your mind when you hear it? Like I I told my whole life story in the beginning of this with that fucking blue. Or do you blazer. think it's a whole lot of like nonsense? Do you think this is like the most overrated thing Blink did? Like I, I'm curious of that perspective. I'm sure there is. Like no, the best album is something else. Like it's. I think you know, I th- I'm curious I, about like, really young people too. Like their vibe with it. Like if it if it hits for. Yeah, them. I'd be I, too young for this to, to have come. Or, like they they this was all already something that existed for them. Yeah, 
Yeah, because I was like, like I said in the beginning of this, perfect age for it. Like it was designed for people of my generation, basically coming out of high school and and just like ready to kind of realize the world is a a scary place. (laughs) It's a complicated place. Complicated, yeah, (laughs) for sure. Uh, Well, I I think that that's good. I I feel like we did as good a job as we could have done on this. There's so much we didn't talk about, but we'll get um, on to in the next one. So. We will, we will, and and you know, at the end of the day, there's unless we're doing like Dan Carlin's hardcore history with like three hour episodes. This is our version of it. Uh, So, yeah, it's as close as we'll get. Um, So, I think that I think that about does it. Um, I don't know. uh, Probably gonna go back to drinking some wine and contemplating serious life. This is my third glass. Of wine, by the way. Wow, they're, they're, you're right in the blink spirit. Well, I put right the now. box you're right. You do... went to go get a beer earlier. I put the box next to me so I can easily access. <laughs> the oh, the box, uh, the the finest <laughs> wine. Um, well, uh, I don't know, Ryan. I guess I'm a, I'm a little nervous. Like if you're sitting there alone drinking boxed wine, um, it's probably fine. But I I feel like you have to like keep up like some kind of like sense of decorum like you gotta keep your shirt on you gotta keep your socks on and keep those Um, damn pants on put them back on i mean put your pants back it's been a while (laughs) continued in part two